0: Welcome to everyone listening on live stream today. For those who couldn't be with us, for those who are interstate overseas, we welcome you to Hope City Church. And God's going to do a major work as you listen today. For those listening on YouTube and podcast, welcome today as well. We thank you for taking the time to hear from the Lord. Turn with me now. In your Bibles to Hebrews 6 12 and Luke 15 11. Faith and patience. Faith and patience. The power twins. Faith and patience. Understanding how God works in our life. Faith and patience. hebrew 6 12 says, Don't become sluggish. So with me, I will not be a slug. I won't be a slug. <laughs> That's good. There's a revelation. But imitate those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. You cannot inherit the promises of God, God's purpose and destiny for your life. You cannot receive breakthrough in your life. You cannot receive fresh anointings and fresh realms of God without faith and patience. You can't inherit the promises without faith faith and patience. 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 Faith! Oh, I have faith. Patience. (laughs) Faith and patience. Faith and patience. I'm releasing the spirit of faith and patience as I say this. Faith and patience. I'm not just filling in time, I'm releasing faith and patience. Some of you have been so anxious and uptight and... And it's causing you grief because you're bouncing from one thing to another because you haven't all faith and patience. Patience. I haven't got time for faith and patience. I told the Lord when I was 20, maybe 25. It's a long time ago. But I said, Lord, I'm in a hurry. If you want to use me, do it now. I've got no time to wait. If you want to use me when I'm 50, don't bother. Get somebody else. I prayed that prayer. God said, I'm the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end. I've got all the time in the world. You will learn faith and patience. (laughs) Because it's not about what I do through you, it's what I'm going to do in you. I'm going to put the eternal one inside you. And you're going to learn faith and patience because I'm building the kingdom of God within you. He who believes will not make haste is the eternal kingdom that cannot be shaken. When everything can be shaken, you'll find that what's inside you cannot be shaken. Faith and patience. But I've only got three score in 10, maybe 80, maybe 100 years, maybe 120 if I'm like Moses. So, Lord, I'm in a hurry, faith and patience. Can a nation be born in the day, faith and patience? So with that in mind, I want you to turn to Luke 15, 11, and we're going to try and understand how faith and patience works and why it's so important. I've never preached on faith and patience from Luke fifteen eleven, but there's always a first time are you ready yep. all right so let's go how many people are hungry for the word today yeah. so here we go Luke 15 11, and Jesus said there was a certain man that had two sons and the younger of the two said to his father give me the portion of goods that fall to me that word that phrase fall to me is a picture of seizing someone or something and then leading them off as a prisoner. It will make sense later. So he took what belonged to him, an inheritance that was his destiny, but because he took it before the time, what he took, it says, then become unproductive and locked up. If you try to take what doesn't belong to you, what belongs to you, but take it in the wrong season, you will take it, and instead of being a blessing to you, it will be like a curse. It will, it will be locked up, and it will lock you up. So the Father divided to them his livelihood. God won't stop you from being impatient and impulsive and making wrong decisions. That's the amazing thing about God. He's given you a will. But his timing is perfect. Don't get ahead of his timing. Don't get behind of his timing. But he's giving you a free will. And so this young man, see the two sons are a picture of the two dispensations of law and grace. The younger son came last, okay? So the oldest son is the picture of the law. The younger son is a picture of the dispensation of grace. It's a, Jesus is talking about you and I today and how we function in the kingdom. This younger son has been portrayed as a rebellious, naughty boy that needed a good smack. But more than being rebellious, I think as we look at this story, his issue is that he's impatient, he's immature, and he's ignorant. I much prefer that than rebellious. He's impatient, he's immature, and he's ignorant. And when we begin our walk of faith in the kingdom of God, all of us have impatience in our life, ignorance in our life, and immaturity in our life. And the role of the Father in this story is to bring this Son into the fullness of His inheritance. Did you hear that? God's purpose for your life is that you would come into the fullness of your inheritance in His time. Because the object of the game is that you would be created and and made and restored into the fullness of his image. The son doesn't realize what the father is doing, that he's preparing the internal world of the son so that he can sustain the call of God on his life. Did you hear that? The son doesn't realize that the father, he's not holding stuff back from him. God's not mean. See, God always uses the least amount of pain to cause the greatest amount of good. God's not slow because he's, you know, he's senile or he's got some sort of memory loss. God, God is right on time and his purpose and plan is to prepare your internal world to sustain the greatness of your calling. I'll say it again. Did you hear that? His purpose is to build your internal world. Look at me. Listen to me. He's building your internal world so you can sustain the greatness of your calling. I'll say it again. He's building your internal world so you can sustain the greatness of your calling. That's what God is doing. He's not slow. So this young man, he's thinking God is so His father is holding back from him. He's stalling. He, he doesn't have a great plan for his life. The opposite is true. God's theme in Scripture has always been about your fruitfulness and your dominion. If we get the context of Scripture wrong, we'll get the conclusion of Scripture wrong. A lot of people don't understand what God's doing in their life because they don't understand the context of what God is doing. They don't understand the scope of Scripture. So they pull out a verse, they totally turn it upside down, misconstrue it, because they don't understand that God has a plan and a purpose. Like this son didn't realize what the father was doing in his life. And a lot of Christians have no idea what God is trying to do in their world. He's building their inner world to sustain the greatness of their calling. And as we study the scriptures, the Old Testament and the New, we see this this amazing uh, coming together of the purposes of God. So in the Old Testament, we see that the kingdom of God is revealed on the earth. And God's focus is the transformation of the earth. In the New Testament, it's the kingdom of God inside me. And the focus is the transformation of my inner world. And that's the plan and purpose of God, that he's changing me on the inside so I could be a blessing to the nations. It's not one or the other. See, a lot of people get caught up in that God's just God's just doing a work in me. No, he's doing a work in you because he's doing a work in the nations. He's, he's redeemed the nations and he's redeemed you. And what God does in you is going to sustain you so you can reach and transform the nations. God's doing a major work in you. And here's the thing the majority of the body of Christ don't realize the greatness of their calling. They've become impatient and settled for scraps. When See, the, the story here is the father had an unending supply. I used to read this and think, well, he had a little portion. He could gave some to that one and some to that one. And then the father died broke. No way. <laughs> That's not God. He has an unending, unlimited inheritance. For his people, Amen. and we've settled for so less because we've become impatient and not realized that He's doing a work inside me to sustain me for that which He has, Lara. And the fight and the struggle and the push, and the, and all the issues and the confusion, God is through a work of patience establishing in my inner world greatness. And I'm beginning to see more and more that, and we've been saying this for the last three weeks, to the degree that I master my inner world. And what I mean by that is finding victory in my inner world, fellowshipping with the Holy Spirit getting the mind of Christ, the seed, the word of the Lord, becoming real, becoming a living epistle, not just reading the Bible, a few scriptures, but so meditating on it that it becomes a part of me. And then I begin to again, I become Christ himself inside me, another living Jesus. And when that happens inside me, everything around me has to bow its knee to what has been established inside me. Your problem is not outside you, your issue is what is inside And if you establish the kingdom within, everything must align. So if there's a one on the inside, there has to be a one on the outside. If there's a ten on the inside, there must be a ten on the outside. It's the law of the kingdom. Seek first the kingdom and everything shall be added unto you. In other words, he's saying whatever you master on the inside will be mastered on the outside. For those who have eyes to see. Well, I would have come just for that. If the youngest son would by faith see who he was in this passage and patiently endure the process of becoming, then he'd be able to lead and steward the vast unlimited resources that God had for him. So let's talk about faith and patience, if you're taking notes today, which would be a good idea. Number one, so just two things. We're going to talk about faith and then patience. Faith discovers and nurtures the seed that is inside me. That's what faith does. It discovers the seed that God's put in me, and then faith nurtures that seed and believes in that seed and calls out that seed. I said before, but if you reach out on the outside for solutions, you will be enslaved by those solutions. That's a profound thought, if you get it. If you reach out on the outside for solutions, say like this, if I had a new car, a new wife, a new house, more money, this, whatever it is, if you reach out for... for, If I just had that as a solution, then you become enslaved by the solution. You enslave the solution and you become enslaved. That's why the possessions that the young son took ended up enslaving him. Look where he ended when he took those possessions. Instead of redeeming what the Father had and using it and multiplying it, because he was enslaved on the inside and immature, the possessions that he had whittled away and they enslaved him and he enslaved them. Whenever I preach, I t- try to preach on this level, this level, and this level. And so whoever has ears to hear, you can hear on any level of your life. And I don't say that to be conceited, but... There are things that will be said today that if you have ears to hear, God will unlock things for you that you've never seen before. Just a little thought. Faith discovers and nurtures the seed within. So, quickly on this thought about the seed creation was God's intention. God said, Let us, the Trinity, make man. That's you. You didn't create yourself. So you can't determine your destiny. God has created you and created an amazing destiny for every single person. There's no losers, there's no ones, all tens. God has created you and made you to have an incredible destiny. You don't have to conjure up a destiny and say, pick me, pick me, make me great. He's already made you great. That's the reality. Because God created and he said, when he looked over his creation, he said these words, most is good. No, he said, it's good, all of it. God doesn't make anything that's bad. The fact that you're born means you're a winner because there was one seed that won out of all the other seeds that climbed up and grabbed that egg. Millions of people against me, but I won and you won. You are just the fact that you're born means that you're a winner. My seed won, and so did yours. Mm. And God said to man, Be fruitful. He said, Man was to be fruitful. A declaration of our inherent potential and our capacity to be. God spoke way, way, way ago, and He said over your life, You were to be fruitful. Yeah. That's your destiny. And whenever God says be, whatever He's called appears. God said to light, light be, and there was light. And when he spoke over you and put that seed of destiny in your life, and he said, be, you became. And this young son had destiny inside him, an amazing seed, but he was so impatient that if he wasn't careful, he could have bought the seed that God had placed in his life. God said, Let the earth bring forth, and trees appeared whose seed was in itself. So I say to you, and I've said it before, that every assignment, for every assignment, there is already provision inside you. There's a seed of provision for you to discover and nurture. For every assignment that God has given you, there's a seed inside you for you to discover and to nurture. Let me say some things about the seed that's inside you. A number of things about the seed. The seed is the source. Everything has its beginning in a seed. Because God placed the seed inside you, God's source is inside you. There's something of the greatness of God. And I pictured you as I was preparing today for you to see that there is something of the greatness. God put his seed inside you. How fearfully and wonderfully am I made, and my soul knows that very well. Oh, that we begin to see the greatness of God inside. This son was born, and and he was being nurtured because there was greatness inside him, but he didn't see it. I was in the city this week, and to see people walk past me, obviously broken and and drug-affected and and ripped off by the devil and there's a seed of greatness inside them. The seed is also potential. A seed is what you're capable of becoming in the future that you presently are not. Did you hear that? The seed is what you're capable of becoming in the future even though you're presently not. God never gives you who you are. He gives you who you can become. Did you hear that? He's put a seed inside you and he hasn't given you who, you who you are. He hasn't given you a completed thing. He's given you who you can become. And so people look inside them and say, oh, there's nothing good in me. I can never amount to anything. I'll never have any money. I'll never make a change. I'll never be a will beater. I'll never be confident. I'll never have a good job. You've got a seed of greatness inside you. Come on. And this seed of greatness is who you can become. So it has to be identified and and realized and nurtured. The seed is life-giving. So the seed is the source. The seed is potential. This is all about faith. Understanding what God's put inside me. This is faith. God, you've put greatness inside me. There's a seed. You put that, the source. You created me and put a seed in me. This seed has potential. You don't make anything without potential. God doesn't make a seed without placing within the life of that seed great potential. I love finding people that other people don't see potential in and saying, I can see something in you. I can give that a tweak by the Holy Ghost. I can call things out. And you can become what people never thought possible. Nothing gives me a greater kick than seeing people become what no one else thought they could be. See, people thought I'd be just a a rebel lunatic. Too hard, too silly, too wild. But I'm here to prove them all wrong because God put a seed of potential inside me. And I saw what I could become because God showed me what I'd become because every person has the seed of greatness inside them. So the seed is the source, potential, it's life-giving, and the seed is powerful. The seed is life-giving, it may look dormant, but it's not dead. I want to say of your life, it may look dormant, but it's not dead. Yeah. Potential may look dormant, but it's not dead. I don't care if you're 50, 70, 10, 20, doesn't matter. If the seed's in you, the seed's got life. And it's powerful. The life of the seed is on the inside. And not on the outside. There is life in the seed. If you judge the seed by its activity, you'll be disappointed because there's something powerful on the inside. This young man, this young son, was judging the power of the seed placed inside him by the external. So he didn't feel like he had what was coming to him. He didn't have hold of the possessions that he wanted. He felt like life had treated him harshly and it was too confined. But God had placed the seed inside him. And it didn't look like a whole lot was happening, but something powerful was happening on the inside. And I speak over the seed in my life and say, God, it's not dead. It's alive. I know there are many purposes and plans that you've got for me that look hopeless in the natural, that you promised me when I was a kid. And now I'm 53, but I prophesy, and I did this last night again, over my future, that there is life in the promises that you spoke over me when i was even in my mother's womb and even before you said of jeremiah before you were born i ordained you and i set you apart to be a prophet to the nations so we speak over our seed you're not dead you're inside me and you're getting ready to come out so don't judge your seed by the external activity i don't see any change i don't see any signs of breakthrough hold fast Declare over your seed. Declare over the purposes of God for your life. In Jesus' name. The seed is powerful. Potential. The seed is potential. It's life-giving. It's powerful. It survives against all the odds. Many of you could testify... I don't know how I got here today. There are so many things that came my way. I could have ended up in jail. I could have been here. I could have married that person. I could be anywhere. But the seed of God sustain me. Yeah. It's powerful. And in the right environment, it will overcome every obstacle and thrive because in the seed is power for victory. When God says be fruitful and multiply, he's equipping you with great power and potential. And he proclaimed in the garden, the seed of the woman is gonna crush the enemy under their feet. The seed is powerful. The seed is powerful. It survives against all the odds because God's placed incredible victory. It reminds me of a story out there, the back of this building. There was a seed planted through a crack. Somehow in the concrete out here. We have a big concrete path. And up through the crack grew a tree. And the tree continued to grow and it split the whole path and began to remove the path from the building. That's the power of a seed. It's powerful. So God made me like that tree. God spoke in the garden and said, He created the trees and He put seed within the tree. And my job is to discover that seed that God has placed in me. Every tree that God created in the garden came equipped with fruit and seeds. The fact that you're born and here on earth means that you have a seed inside you. You have a seed inside you of greatness. And your job is to discover that and to flow with that and to nurture that, to see that by faith, God, what have you placed in my heart? What am I passionate about? When I think and talk to you, what comes alive inside me? What gets me going? What is my seed? God's job is not to hide the seed from you. It's to reveal the seed to you. He's not playing hide and seek. He's not making it difficult. He he says, call unto me and I'll answer you. And I'll show you, you know, great and mighty things that you don't know. I'm going to reveal to you everything that I see when I look at you. So don't settle. Don't get impatient. Nurture the seed. Speak over the seed. Amen? Amen. Patience. Say patience. Faith and patience. So faith locates the seed. The young son should have just thanked the father. Father, I thank you that you put the seed of great... You have an amazing inheritance for me that you're going to give me. I don't need to steal it from you. I don't need to force it. I don't need to be anxious. I don't don't need to be impatient. You've got an amazing inheritance for me. That's faith. Faith. Faith says it, it sees what others can't see. So when I look at you, I see potential. I see a seed. I see greatness. I see greatness. Amen. Yeah, you. I see greatness. Faith discovers and nurtures a seed. Number two, it's two points. There lots of sub points. Patience is needed when there's no visible evidence of change. Faith discovers and nurtures the seed. So I discover the seed, I nurture it. Now I need patience while there's no visible evidence of change. And sometimes when you grab a hold of God's purpose for your life, things can go the opposite way. Not just no visible evidence of change, the only evidence you're seeing is of not change, of reverse change. So when you get a hold of the seed, you discover what God has put in you. What God has given, no one can take away. for ever his word is settled in heaven. The issue is when you settle it in your heart. Lord, what you see in me, I see. I see. I say yes and amen. See, God said the eternal yes. Our job is to say amen. So be it. Let it be to me according to your word. That's what amen is. Two can't walk together unless they be in agreement. God has said, this is who you are. Now, to walk with him, I have to agree with him. So faith discovers and nurtures the seed. Patience is needed when there's no visible evidence of change. How many people have had challenges with patience? Just a few. Luke eight fifteen says, The seed that fell on good ground are those who heard the word with a good and noble heart, and they keep it and they bear fruit with patience. Did you hear the last two words? See, the seed went into good ground, so I'm believing, I'm trusting, I've seen what God has for my life. I say, yes, 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 I believe that I've called it greatness. I see my future. I'm ready, Lord. I, re- I-, I grab a hold. He says, great. The seed that falls into good ground, you've got good ground today. So you heard the word with a good and noble heart, And you bear fruit with patience. So in other words, as you hold on to that seed, God's doing a work, just hold tight. And it's in the waiting that God begins to shift things in us to sustain the calling of greatness in our life. Because here's the truth. And God said this to me as a young boy, if I gave you everything that you had destined for your life, it would kill you. Oh, no, it wouldn't, Lord. I'd be okay. I could hang it. No, no, you wouldn't. No, you wouldn't. It's like giving the keys to the car to a five-year-old. Yeah, Daddy, I can, I can, I can handle this. Crash. No, no, you can't. Faith patience. A couple of things about patience. You ready? Number one, patience gives Thanksgiving an opportunity to shine. I want my inheritance and I want it now. You're going to read this story. He's angry. He's not happy. He's, he's, you know, whenever we're impatient, it's a sign that we've lost our joy and we're ticked off with God. Has anyone ever been ticked off with God? Liars. We've all been ticked off with God. you moving too slow. I don't know what you're doing. But hand the job father over to Jesus or one of the Gabriel, but you're going way too slow. Patience gives thanksgiving an opportunity to shine. Listen to this. This is a key for someone today. The Bible says, in everything, give thanks. In the slow times, the fast times, in everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning your neighbor and you. In everything, give thanks. In the slow times, when it seems like nothing is changing, give thanks. See, God's doing a work inside you. And the more you give thanks, the faster the process becomes. Because the Bible says in Hebrews 10:36, you have need of patience, that after you've done the will of God, you would receive the promise. Did you hear that? Listen carefully. You have need of patience. For after you've done the will of God, what is the will of God? I just told you, what's the will of God? Hello? Say it louder. Say it louder. Louder. Right. He says, you have need of patience for after you've done the will of God. So in other words, you have need of patience for after you've spent all day and night giving thanks, you will receive the promise. Patience gives thanksgiving a place to shine. It's the switch for miracles. Jesus gave thanks with two loaves and five fish. (sighs) Is this my inheritance? But he gave thanks. Thank you, Lord, that where you have me right now, I might be doing some menial job in the kingdom. It looks like no one notices me, but I gave thanks. I remember as a pastor, associate pastor, painting the church, cleaning the toilets. I had visions of preaching to the world, being a famous author, travelling in my private Learjet, and here I am, cleaning toilets, painting stuff, not getting opportunities to preach. Thank you, Jesus, for the opportunity to serve you and to serve your people. This is going to be the best-painted church in all of Melbourne. These are going to be the cleanest toilets when they come in here to do a whizzer. The anointing of God's going to come down. We're going to need catchers in the toilet because Andrew McGrath's been cleaning the toilets. Somehow, someway, my ministry will break out. He's got the ministry of toilets. But you see, it's Thanksgiving. It's Thanksgiving. God will, God will bypass lots of people to get to a heart of Thanksgiving. Why did God pick David out from his brothers? Because we know about David. See, it doesn't say that when he was picked but we know from scriptures afterwards that he was a man after God's heart he was a worshiper all these psalms write about thanksgiving I will bless the Lord even when it's hard and tough my praise for him will always be in my mouth my soul will make its boast in the Lord Jesus gave thanks after Lazarus had been dead for four days and Lazarus came out Praise gives thanksgiving an opportunity to shine. So in the times that it feels like nothing is shifting, this young boy should have began to give thanks. Thank you, Father. Thank you, even though I don't see the end like you said, I trust in you and I give you praise. I thank you that you put the seed of greatness in my heart. So he starts to become the man that he needed to be to sustain the calling that was on his life. That was a good point, wasn't it? See, the other thing about patience, it breaks down the enemy's resistance. Some of you are in holy patterns, and you know the enemy is trying to stop you from breaking through. You've started projects. You've got things on your heart. And there's resistance. Patience breaks down the enemy's resistance. There's nothing idle about patience. is not sitting on your backside, whistling kumbaya. You know, all right, God, when you decide to move, let me know. I'm just going to check out for the next 10 years. Have a slew's. You know, get on with my life. You know, you're not in a hurry, so why should I be? You know, it's a Mexican standoff. I've got, I've got a lot of time as well, God. See, in 10 years, it's not idle. Patience is a powerful force. Those that wait on the Lord, it's, it's, it's an active force. There's an anointing that comes on you that, of endurance that you're, that you're worshipping and praising, knowing that God is at work, knowing that as I take the stand of faith, rest in patience, that God is actively un, unwinding all the works of the enemy because the devil is the master of being impatient. Yeah. You will freak him out if you take your stand. Because he thinks you're going to give up quickly like he does. Psalm 37:9 says, evil doers will be cut off, but those that wait on the Lord will inherit the earth." Did you hear that? Yeah. All the evildoers will be cut off, all the plans of the enemy will be cut off, but those that wait on the Lord will inherit the earth. Yeah. Psalm 37:34, "Wait on the Lord, keep His way, and He will exalt you to inherit the earth, and the wicked will be cut off, and you will see it." Do you hear this? If you take your stand in faith and you declare over your life, Father, you've got a great plan for my life. Father, you have an amazing inheritance for your life. And I'm going to stand in patience each day and declare over my life, breakthrough, breakthrough, breakthrough. I'm speaking from experience today. Around where God has called me to. And I've stepped out in faith and it's gone backwards. So you just have to say, thank you, Jesus. Walk up and down, say, even though in the natural, it looks like it's all going backwards. I thank you that your plan has not changed. Your eternal seed is in me. Your purpose is in me. And it has to come to pass. An orange seed has to bear an orange tree. And your purpose shall come to pass. And so I'll take my stand. I'm going to write about it one day in a book. But I, as I took my stand, I had demonic encounters with people that were Karen and I knew it was an act of intimidation to get us to back off. Eyeball to eyeball. So we would stand there in the spirit, physically. And sometimes it was a showdown with people. They would come looking for us. Don't know how they knew we were there, but it was a showdown. And I would take my stand and eyeball them until they back down. Because the enemy thinks you're going to quit. I'll be back here next week, and next week, and next week. I shall not quit. Because God's put a seed in me. And that spirit of patience breaks down the enemy's resistance. He thinks you're just going to roll over and suck your thumb tomorrow. No, you're not. Because the seed of God's in you. And it's at work in you. And if you realize that God is doing a work inside you, He is eternally faithful. Heaven would have to blow up. The earth would have to stop rotating on its axis for God to change His mind concerning His purpose for your life. That conviction has to be inside. And you stand and say, I will overcome. Yeah. Having done all, you take your stand. Some situations change immediately with the word. I've spoken the word of the Lord and things are shifted almost immediately. However, others change through patience and endurance and both are used by God to conform you into the image of God as a son and daughter of the Most High God. Patience honours and follows the timetable of God. God. Habakkuk 2.3 says, even though the vision is for an appointed time and even though it tarries, wait for it. I remember prophecies when I was 16, 17. I, I really thought, Keith, they were coming tomorrow. Not tomorrow as in tomorrow, but as in tomorrow when I got them. The vision was for an appointed time and though it tarries, wait for it. Because it will surely come, it will not tarry, but that at the end it will speak. In other words, it will be manifested. And it may take longer than you thought. I wonder if Jesus thought he'd be 30 before he opened his mouth to minister. Like, what a waste. He's a Messiah. He's only got 33 years. It's odd, isn't it? But God was building the kingdom within him. Jesus grew in wisdom and favor with God and man. So when his appointed time came, he was in the right place, in the timetable of God. Impatience is always our undoing. He who believes will not make haste. Difficult times seem like a waste of time. When You know, the Joyce Meyer. When God, when, why God, why, how God, how. We feel like these difficult moments of, of seeing no fruit, as it were, no progress. Lord, it's a waste of time. But God doesn't count time what we... He doesn't have a timetable with a clock and calendar. God has events that, like, like a sequence of events that, that operate in a whole different way to what we see. He's moving things around us. So we're not born into just a plonk of time like you know 1966 but you're born into a womb that God has created something that's already alive and well so i had a sense when i was born that all of heaven sung my mother said that was true and i was born into a into a divine womb of god for such a time as this we all have that not just a birth date not just a calendar but god has a a time as it were that he's created like a womb And so he says of Jeremiah, before you were born, I knew you and I ordained you and I called you to be a prophet to the nation. So we are stepping into the fullness of time for God in our life. So we get so hung up with our age and our time and look around us. But God's time is so different. So we are patient and we honor his timetable that looks so different. I was thinking, God, I, I don't want to travel with a walking stick and three teeth. And no hair. But God's timetable is so different to ours. I'm thinking, God, I won't have any energy then. I'll need to, I'll need to, I'll need to have like a protein shake every morning and a sausage and gold and, you know, Baraka bounce. You know, I won't be able to do it, lot. It's like my minutes have to be really short. Like, one word from God can set the prisoner free one move of God God gets so much bigger than us it's like get over yourself son it's not about you it never was and I can use you I can use you when you're 110 I can use you it's no big deal but I'm working all things together I'm I'm bringing this person in I'm moving that I'm, I'm positioning nations I'm getting everything ready so when it's your time you're ready to go and in the meantime be patient and let me establish the kingdom of God in you. So when it's your time, you're ready to go. And in the meantime, be fruitful, love people, and get on with it. Yeah. Yeah. And if I change my mind, I'll let you know. <laughs> yes, Lord, aye, aye. So the son didn't recognize the father was preparing him. So look with me, we're almost finished, Luke fifteen thirteen. I think I've got about five minutes to go. By faith. Not many days after the young son gathered everything he had. He was impatient. And he journeyed to a far country and he wasted his possessions with prodigal living. And when he spent all there arose a famine in the land. You notice the order? And he began to be in want. And here's the thought: if you're not a trained son, you will impatiently reach for what is yours, and you'll bring both yourself and your inheritance into bondage. You could meditate on that for a long time. The famine of the land followed the famine in his life, and when you are under bondage, you enslave everything under your care. The famine of the land followed the famine in his life. And when you are in bondage, when you haven't allowed God to do his work in your life, everything under your care, you'll enslave as well. So God wants you free, wants you whole, wants you to establish his kingdom in your life. Just a little thought, Romans eight nineteen. Just a segue. It says the earnest expectation... Of all creation. Remember, I said at the start, the kingdom of God manifests in ourselves internally, but also it manifests physically in the world around us. And it says, the earnest expectation of all creation eagerly awaits for the revealing of the sons of God. So, this is what the Father was doing in the Son. He was preparing him because all of creation. All his possessions and inheritance were longing for the son to mature so he could then take that inheritance and breathe upon it. God said to Abraham, Surely in blessing I will bless you, and in multiplying I will multiply you. God multiplied Abraham inside, and then everything around him began to multiply. God blessed Abraham inside, then everything around him began to be blessed. That's why Isaac in a land of famine when everyone went the other way because there was no famine inside Isaac he turned the famine into an oasis yeah. that's why Abraham could say to the lot you pick anywhere you want to go you pick you pick Turak and I'll pick and I won't name the suburb because you may live in it yeah. you see it doesn't matter you pick because whatever you pick even though it looks the greatest and you give me the worst because I'm blessed inside I'm multiplied inside wherever I go I'll turn it into an oasis. All of creation longs for the revealing of the sons of God. For creation was subjected to futility, not willingly. Listen. But because of him is subjected in hope. Because the creation itself will be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. Did you hear that? It's so so profound. Creation itself will be delivered from bondage. So everything around you... Everything God's created is in bondage now. If you can picture with your mind, land, structure, resources, business, everything is in bondage. And it's crying out to be released. And he says it will be delivered from bondage into, into into the glorious liberty of the children of God. So when I get free on the inside, when I establish God's kingdom, his wisdom, his ways, what takes place is that creation that is bound is longing to come under the leadership and the lordship of a son of God. That's what happened with Joseph in, in, in With Pharaoh, because Joseph carried the kingdom, he was able to unlock a whole realm that was under bondage and bring life to nations and save the world. Yeah. Yeah. So, what the father was doing in the son was preparing him, so when the son took the inheritance, it wouldn't come under bondage and stay captive. It's called the it's called the realm of Babylon. It's the mindset of captivity. And the problem is if God gives you what you desire and you're not free, you're not in victory, you will enslave and be enslaved into everything that you take. And rather than being a blessing to you, it will be a curse. That new house, that new car, that new position, it will end up by being a curse to you because you're not free on the inside. And instead of liberating your business and the realm God's called you to do, you'll keep it in captivity. Because you're operating out of a wrong mindset, not out of kingdom principles. You're operating out of the flesh. Yeah. And you're just another cab off the rank. There's, you know what? They could replace you with a thousand people as smart as you are, but not a kingdom man or woman. So he was preparing the sun for greatness. Are you getting this? Creation is longing. I had a dream, and I won't go into that today. But I saw in the dream this take place. It was calling out to me to release it from the captivity and come out. See, it's a profound thought, but it's true. Even if you think I'm wacky, just believe me, it's true. That all the land that you see, all the possessions that you see, they have a voice. Right. read the scripture. Right. Yeah. They long, they cry out for redemption They long for the reinstatement of Eden, so Jesus comes to the wilderness at the lowest point of humanity, surrounded by demons, and he redeems all of creation, all of man. And it's like he comes to the very end to roll it back to where we began. And our job at the end of the world is to call creation, Back into alignment with the kingdom of God. For all the resources. That's why the the wealth of the wicked is laid up for the just. That doesn't mean that God's going to steal all the money off the wicked and give it to all the Christians. No. It's for those that have understood through faith and patience, God builds the kingdom within me. So I can steward everything that God's given as a representative of his. The son didn't recognize the father was preparing him for profound greatness. So it's when the son came to himself. Here's an old saying. When the student arises, the teacher appears. When the student comes to himself and gets a revelation and he rises up, all of a sudden, the teacher appears. The father comes back. He never left, but he's, he appears. And he brings him back into the fold and begins to retrain him about the ways of the kingdom. Faith and patience. Let me build, Let me show you who you are, son. Puts a robe on him again. This is all, all the things that he does is about saying, hey, 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 the seed hasn't gone. It's still in you. You've had a rough trot lately, but the seed of greatness is still there. We can still make this happen. He can, we can still have a great outcome. And he calls greatness out of him again. Now let's come back and let's have, let's have, a, let's have a party. Let's have Thanksgiving. Let's, let's wait. Let's endure what God is doing in your life and be so aware that, that what I'm doing in you is for a greater purpose and plan. And so I say to you today... Do not be frustrated. Do not grow weary in doing good. Do not be impatient. God is at work. God is never resting. He's never sleeping. God is at work in your life. He's doing a profound work inside you. And if you would begin to work with Him and nurture and identify the seed and nurture it and speak over that seed, the purposes of God, God has equipped you. He's put a living seed inside you. And if you would nurture that seed and hold fast, It shall come to pass. And through what God does in your life, you will unlock the resources of both people and and nations around you because God has established something profound inside you. The world, all of creation is longing for the sons of God, for those that have gone through the fire and been immovable. So I say to you today, faith and patience inherits the promises of God. And all these promises are yes and amen. So I encourage you today. Oh, Andrew, don't understand. I've been at this for so long. Okay. Go back to the seed. Declare over the seed what God says is eternally true. Thank him. Thank him. I thank God I try to do it as often as I can. Thank you, God, for that seed. I thank you for the things that you've promised me. They're coming to pass. They might be five loaves and two fish, but I thank you for that. And you can multiply that. Thanksgiving, I know, in patience, is the very vehicle, the realm that ushers in your kingdom, that you begin to like assemble things inside me so that I can begin to pull the reality of your promises towards me. Thank you, Father, for patience. Thank you, Father, for consistency of patience, faith over a long period of time that says yes and amen. I believe it. You've said it. That settles it. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. It shall come to pass. It shall come to pass. I am immovable. I will not be shaken. Those that believe shall not make haste. I shall be steadfast. In faithless every week i will worship you i will praise you i will bring down every plan of the enemy he thinks i'm going to roll over this week i'll be jazzed up by a sermon by monday it'll be all over but father you are placing the spirit of patience because it's one of the fruit of the spirit long suffering you are, you enable me to endure day by day. I don't change. I don't grow weary. And even when I do fall, I'm going to get up and I'm going to become more and more consistent because you are at work in my life. The way of the wise winds upward from grace to grace, from faith to faith. You are bringing increase in my life. And your kingdom shall be established in my life. And I speak over you today that every lie of the enemy that says that you're inconsistent, easily taken out, I rebuke in Jesus' name. I rebuke the lie of the enemy that wants to take you out and put all this garbage over you. It doesn't belong. You are a mighty, strong man and woman of God. You shall not be shaken. Faith shall be established in your life, and the spirit of endurance shall be yours in a greater portion and that which God has spoken over you and your family shall come to pass and it won't be just about you but you will begin to draw in the resources and influence the resources of nations and people around you because the kingdom of God has been firmly established in your life and i thank you for that father for everyone listening today lord we bless them with faith and patience In Jesus' name. I speak to those that are listening today from France. And I declare over France, faithful France, that you shall be strong. And even as the enemy has come against you and assaulted you, and there's been a spirit of darkness that's come upon you, and he's try to steal the assignment and the calling. I say today that the angel of the Lord has, has has never left that mighty country. And there's a shaking and a stirring of the Spirit in that nation of France. And God will be seen to be eternally faithful to His promises for that nation. And I prophesy that there are young men and women rising up in that nation. And there's coming a mighty shaking, shaking of His Spirit in the nation. For it seems in the media that things have gone from bad to worse, but God shall arise and his enemies shall be scattered. And I thank you, Father, for warriors in the kingdom in the nation of France. And it shall flow from France to the nations around Him. There shall be a move from in the left and the right the borders. And even as the enemy has brought people across the border to infiltrate that nation there shall be a standard. And it shall push out all the works of the enemy. And out of that it will be like a spring that will go to the nations around France. And there will be a move of God that shall be seen in our generation. And I proclaim over Europe that you are eternally faithful to your promise. And the seed that was sown by the mighty men and women of faith shall bear much fruit in Jesus' name. And we give you the praise for that, Lord. We give you the praise. We give you the praise. We give you the praise, Lord Jesus.